Alternative Radio. The way the way people read like old Greek old Greek uh, <laughs> poems and Greek plays, oh God, and the way that, that <laughs> and the way that people study the Bible is is there will be a church of Dom. Don't go there, and everyone will chant family. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and, and 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 instead of the Eucharist, everybody can have any beer in the house as long as it's a Corona. I <laughs> <laughs> get a tattoo with R.I.P. Brian. We're all about family. Rest in peace, Brian. Every priest wears a bald cap <laughs> and a white T-shirt. Too much. It's just too much. It's not too much. It's right on target. <laughs> in the year three thousand, mark my words, there will there will be a, a fast church. <laughs> The Church of the Fast. <laughs> Instead of the Our Father, it's uh, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Word. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And it's news time. All the movie news that we've deemed fit to give a fuck about (laughs) is what it comes down to. (laughs) Several news stories. I was like, pass, pass, don't care. Ooh, I like this one. So... (laughs) Well, it, it is interesting because you do have to kind of keep it organized because they do come up and pop up in random moments and random times because they're far and few in between. And it is starting to ramp up a little bit more as, you know, the summer, you, yeah, you want to call it blockbuster getting. seasons kind of creeping up on us now. So people are starting to get excited to go back to the theaters again. Right. Yeah. Like the Wedding Crashers had wedding season. We got we have blockbuster season. Yeah, but exactly. It's it's not as cool as when I worked at Blockbuster because our Blockbuster season was not the summer; it was the fall. The fall was when all the summer hits come out on home video. That was when we were busiest. Mm-hmm. I miss working at Blockbuster. I wish <laughs> I, I, I wish I could go back in time, and it wouldn't. In some alternate universe, Blockbuster is still around, and I am a a higher up manager, like regional manager. But like, I never got married, never had kids, and I I live like in a house that is pretty much this office the entire house is this office just shit everywhere all all, all the all the little cardboard cutouts that i used to take home from blockbuster that was the coolest part about that job it was like we would get these big cardboard standees and i'd be like so who's who's taking that home nobody dibs (laughs) i don't blame you yeah, I had a life-size like Indiana Jones like stand-up man. Um, I was there when Revenge of the Sith came out, and we had a, we had a big like stand-up of of uh, Obi Wan and Anakin like locking lightsabers with oh. lava like bursting up behind them, and I was like, "Dibs, <laughs> so that's a good one. Net. That's a good yeah, one." Yeah, it was, and we had them for video games too. So like, I had like I had like a, a Star Killer one from from Star Wars and stuff. Right. I had a whole bunch of them. I had to get rid of them though because like. When well, you're an adult, and you move space. In, yeah, yeah, you exactly. move into a house. You're just like a wife. Like, is could not you imagine? Allow that. <laughs> could you imagine having like life size cardboard cutouts to also fit in this studio alongside of like all the other shit that I have up? Maybe the garage. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you I, can you can work out next to Luke Skywalker and uh, uh, like the, the, the cool thing about whoever. those cardboard cutouts was, um, but they would scare my mom. 
she would like she, like when they'd be standing up, like she would come in the room and it'd be dark and stuff like that. Well, I understand and all that. You see, yeah, yeah. All you see is like the 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 shadow of a man holding something in his hand up over his head, and it looks like he's about he's about to come down and beat you over the face with it. And she'd be like, oh my god! And then she turned the lights, and it's Indiana Jones holding his whip, smiling. <laughs> I would be that person. Yeah, especially yeah. late at night, drunk or something. I'd be like, oh, oh Indy, I'm sorry. Larry got me last night. I was doing that thing where, like, you know, you're you're walking around your house, and I walked into our bedroom while looking at my phone. I was setting my alarm, and I didn't look up, and I just looked up at the exact moment that she opened the door, and I was walking into the door. Like, I reached out to grab the the handle, and the door opened as I was going to grab it, but I was looking at my phone, so I wasn't paying attention, and I just walked in, and then my, my light from my phone shined like under her chin and showed her face so when I looked up it was just like a ghostly looking wife like staring back at me and she's like half asleep and she's like uh, and I'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> shit don't tell her that <laughs> oh I did I screamed in the face last night it was like 2 o'clock oh. in the morning <laughs> oh almost I bet she loved that oh she was half asleep she doesn't remember it oh okay <laughs> she doesn't okay. remember alright man let's get into this week's news Start this party with a bang. Bring it. All right, Jay. I really like this news story. I just shared it with you uh, a few moments ago. Uh, So back in the day, the movie Predator came out in 1987 with, you know, everyone always says Arnold, but Carl Weathers, come on. I'm pretty sure in that when when they clapped hands and they were doing like that arm wrestle, like handshake in midair. Oh, I I think Carl Weathers bicep had just a little bit, had a little bit on Arnie's. It was a little sexier, I think. I think I think so. It's too. a little sexier. So, so the screenwriters of Predator, starring Carl Weathers, <laughs> uh, Jim and John Thompson, they are planning on suing Disney for the rights to the Predator back. So, uh, we we knew we did a news story about a month, month and a half ago that uh, Disney was indeed developing a new Predator under the 20th Century Studios banner, uh, and it was being directed by Dan Trachtenberg, written and directed by Dan Trachtenberg. We had no other news than that, uh, but now it seems like due to this lawsuit, that is going to be put on hold because apparently in 2019, some other films, 80s movies, had their rights. Come Coming up, like uh, Terminator and Die Hard, and there's apparently a case that was settled back in 2018 for the writer of the Friday the Thirteenth, where he sued New Line Homes, uh, New Line Cinema, to get the rights back to that, and apparently had won. And he had a lawyer named Mark Toberoff who sued who sued the studio, won, and now he has the rights to Friday the Thirteenth back. Well, apparently. The Thomas brothers have hired the same lawyer to go up against Disney smart. to stop them from making this new Predator film. Yeah, it's smart on them. I mean, you know, there's going to be um, probably a couple, well, who knows, potentially years of court battle. But I think it's smarter for Disney to try and nip this in the bud as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. And they have the money power talks, and the money Money to do talks, it. bullshit walks. And, and Disney, if they really want to make this movie, if they think they got something with it, they'll fork over the dough. Uh, mm-hmm. Or they'll, they'll just say, you know what? 
it's not worth it. We're not going to make the movie, which will make this court case stay tied up even longer. And court is rarely worth it. Right. And and do the Thomas brothers have that much juice, you know, that much money for them to continue this lawsuit after Disney ties it up for years? Probably not. They'll probably wait until both of them are penniless and poor trying to fight for their rights for this and then just go ahead and make their goddamn movie anyway. Or Disney just says, fuck it, here's money. We're going to make the movie. Or fuck it, we don't care about this movie. You can have it, which sure. I don't see Disney sure. doing. But the fact that there's already precedence for this uh, in, in in legal terms that was set in 2018 means that, that Disney has to do a little bit more work, you know, going forward than they than they previously would have, you know? Yeah. So it, we live in an interesting time of, of copyright and stuff like that where just owning the rights to something doesn't necessarily something mean that has you have the rights. Come up in the public eye. Obviously, this is much more of a backroom situation. That nobody really hears about, but this is a common thing that pops up and, you know, it's made public now and it could get really interesting. But right. I think for them, you know, those guys, they made the right call. They made the right move. They certainly have some power on their side right now. But again, they're going well, also, against the biggest fucking company. If they wrote the original screenplay, then then they the Thomas brothers should at least be getting a story by credit, right, or characters based on, and they should be getting royalties for it as well. We, me, and you talked about it uh, like pre roll and stuff like that. But uh, Siegel and Schuster, who created Superman, you know, they had to sue for their for 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 their for their royalties for their rights to to have the created by uh, moniker or, or title put on anything that that involves Superman or Superman characters. And then you also uh, had the same thing with with Bob Kane, but Bob Kane got his created by credit like very easily. It's taken Bill Finger's family years to get to get you know Batman created by Bill Finger and for there to be any royalties for that. So I I think like as far as like copyright law goes, like I feel like a lot of that created by credit and those royalty uh, lawsuits and stuff like that. Really, the comic book industry is the one that that kind of kind of pushed that that forward and now some some screenwriters and stuff like that have picked up on that and went like you know these comic book writers were able to get it we should be able to get it too or we want the rights back because we think disney you're gonna fuck it up everyone else has fucked up predator movies ever since the first predator so why not why not let us come back and try again yeah i mean you know it really depends if they just realistically have the power to do that you know the rights they might not have the story if they have the original story rights i don't think they, they definitely I don't, I don't think they even have i don't think they even have the money to stand toe-to-toe with disney long enough i just thought this was interesting yeah but I this love- but this lawyer has already won so he got paid so he's gonna do this pro bono or or maybe, he won't get paid into, maybe, unless maybe. they win something like that because he knows it's worth it to go against disney financially Maybe. like Maybe. he's not going to charge them unless they get paid perhaps something like and, that and by the time they pay him they will have nothing <laughs> oh but, yeah oh yeah um i i do i do love this type of stuff i love i love copyright law i love uh i i love getting into like these debates of of who owns what when it's passed hands so many different times uh, i think it's interesting and i always look forward to seeing the outcome of it this is one we won't see the outcome for uh, for, for another couple of years so yeah we'll or it'll be a it. very small news headline that oh, it will it i'd will. be surprised this, if dave finds it this <laughs> itself was a small news headline i I, sure. I found this story on the hollywood reporter but it wasn't even like front page or anything like that I yeah found it's it like scrolling through so yeah it's like page nine and the 
bottom left-hand corner. <laughs> exactly. Next news story. All right, Jay, the famous trauma film, Toxic Avenger, is getting a reboot, and it will be starring Peter Dinklage and Jacob Tremblay. Hmm. Are you familiar with the Toxic Avenger at all, or e- even the title? Like, do you no, know? No, but I what- love the casting. Okay. <laughs> so, the Toxic Avenger is a trauma film. You, you, you know what trauma is, right? Kaufman and all that stuff? Oh, I don't know any of this. Oh, my God. You're Nothing. so basic. You're so basic. What what you know about about movies is like it's such it's such a fine. You niche, should know right? this, David, by now. <laughs> but essentially, the Toxic Avenger is he, he's he's essentially the, the first famous trauma movie, and also it was um, he's kind of like the mascot for trauma. So uh, he, he's he's is a janitor who gets doused in toxic chemicals toxic waste and he becomes the the protector the avenger for tromaville which is a fictitious town in middle america uh and it was written and directed by lloyd kaufman and michael hers so it, it's it's this type of movie that has an absolutely massive cult following all trauma movies have a cult following in fact uh matt stone and trey parker's first movie uh cannibal the musical i believe was a was a a, a trauma film as well i believe that once after they wrote it it was picked up and distributed by trauma so um it, it's interesting to see that they are making a new toxic avenger i don't know really what trauma has in store for it um because i'm not sure if it's even trauma doing it or whether trauma is like kind of like loaning out the rights but this you know it doesn't even really it doesn't have a release date yet nothing even tentative and the only thing on it is that lloyd kaufman is a writer but that could just be a characters by or story by credit um, as it's taking from the original trauma film but it's in pre-production right now so okay Right. Are you interested? I, even, I gotta, even see, I gotta see footage. I gotta see footage. Nah, you're not gonna see footage for like another two years. I yeah, mean, well, I'm I, not I gonna be interested until I see footage. <laughs> Fair enough. I am certainly interested in a Toxic Avengers, uh, a Toxic Avenger reboot. However, you know, it's one of those things like why? Why can't just a fun cult thing stay a fun cult thing? Yeah, but this casting is good casting, and they usually choose pretty decent projects. So I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so a little, I, little bit of promise. Let's get into our next news story. Netflix continues with their buying up of properties and their and their creation of live action properties that they've been doing. So Netflix will be making a live action Gundam movie with Jordan Vogt Roberts to direct. Hmm. Are, are you aware of what Gundam is? No. <laughs> oh, my God, man. All right. So you've seen Ready Player One, right? You know, you yes. know when, when, when the older Japanese kid calls down that, that giant robot and he jumps inside of it and it has the laser sword and he cuts into Mechagodzilla with it? The big robot? Right. Yeah. That's, that is a Gundam. Gundam. So it, it's, it's a Japanese anime uh, that has been around for uh, probably since I think it started in the early 80s and it essentially is takes place in a distant future where there's space colonies and stuff like that and the the weapons of war are these giant mechs and the the, the cream of the crop of these giant mechs are the ones that are called Gundams. 
So um, essentially, it's giant mechs fighting. Uh, so it's interesting that Jordan Vaughn Roberts was, is is being brought in for this because he is a also the director for the Metal Gear Solid movie, which has which has been uh, teased. He was the director of Kong Skull Island. So obviously, there's there's a bit of a pedigree with Kong Skull Island for you know big destructive uh, spectacles. Uh, and then uh, he was actually a director on one of my favorite TV series of the past couple of years. He was a director of You're the Worst, which uh, was a fun, funny show on FX. Mm. So I do look forward to this. Um, but I, I think if we look historically at what, at what Netflix has done with some anime like Death Note, it might not be all it's cracked up to be you know i think i think fans of of gundam might look at it and go like uh this isn't for me but i think like a new fan of gundam like some so, someone who who isn't tied to the nostalgia of the original couple series i'm not even sure what series this will draw from because there are several gundam series with all different characters all different storylines as most uh, as some animes do so it, it may not you know, it may not speak to everybody. They may go in a completely different direction and, and just trying to get a whole new fan base for it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see people's reactions to it. But I'm excited for it. I do like the Gundam series. My favorite anime uh, from that series is Gundam Wing. That's the one that I watch the most. But I, it'll be interesting to see how people react, uh, fans of Gundam react to this live action once we start getting footage of it. All right. Cool. But I'm always down for big fucking robots punching shit. Who isn't anymore? I had my fix with Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, one thing we know for sure, like while it may be coming to Netflix here, Netflix could release it in theaters across the world and make themselves a big chunk of change in that sure. international market. Next news story. RJ, this one you sent to me, and uh, I, this is extremely interesting. We were mentioning how Sony doesn't have its own streaming service like like Universal does with Peacock. Like, yeah, a couple like episodes does with ago, Plus. something like that. Yep. They do have Crackle, which is their free streaming thing, but it's really where they push, like their, they shovel their shit to that. Like right. real, real bad shit goes to that. Um, occasionally, there, there, there's a few nuggets of good movies that'll, that'll be on there for a month or two. And then they'll take them off. Like, I think Ghostbusters was on there for a while. But Crackle also has ads. So it's not exactly the platform that, that Sony would want to put out there and be like, all right, this is our streaming platform. Yeah. $9.99 a month, please. <laughs> but interestingly, as we were talking about that, that Sony doesn't have its streaming service, they just penned a deal with Netflix that starting in 2022, all of their films will come to netflix after their theatrical run now they don't say how long their theatrical run is right because different different studios are doing different things right like we know that we know that universal has a deal with the theaters that 17 days i believe it is or that after it's released in the theaters it can go to a streaming platform yeah i, I i'm curious about that myself too right. we know that paramount made the deal it for might 45 be negotiating days. still Right, like Paramount made the deal for 45 days. So it'll be interesting to see what Sony's deal is with Netflix, whether whether it's you know two weeks, two months, six months. But anyway, after their theatrical run, they will come to, all Sony Pictures will come to Netflix, which means uh, some of them already have 
some of the movies that, that will be coming out in 2021 already have their streaming contracts firmly in place and will not be coming to Netflix. But mm. any movie that's released in 2022 is fair game. Or any movie that has not been released as of yet that isn't under a contract with, let's say, Amazon Prime or anything else. Uh, Stars is who they've previously been putting their stuff right. out to. Um, it, once once they're done with all those contracts, it will be going to Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see if Ghostbusters Afterlife will go directly to Netflix. It's a big win for Netflix too. It's a huge win because yeah. you're not you're only getting that once once all the contracts are done with Stars, then Netflix essentially gets to exclusively stream any columbia pictures sony pictures and they have on they have all the spider-man decent, stuff they have right a really decent catalog you know if you actually put the time and looked into that they got some shit out there that's yeah. pretty good pretty yeah. pretty good so Hell yeah so uh interesting interesting news uh i didn't see how much they made that deal for though so um i don't I, think I, you'll I, find out i mean maybe yeah. maybe if they do another uh follow-up news um announcement with like the actual theater you know time framed and then when it goes to netflix and they detail that announcement which they have do you to think, do they have do you to think do this it. do you think this this they streaming re- rights is worth more than the 400 million paid for the knives out series oh, I, how the hell am i gonna know i i don't know it's, <laughs> it's i think i think this is so is, hard think, to comprehend all that i think money. this deal is worth more to netflix than that i oh, think this is more worth it oh, to oh, oh okay yeah no, um, I do. I do. However, we don't know the figures. Sure. So, I, you know, I, it'll definitely be a lot more than $400 million. But it's, um, it's, it's interesting. Because I think, you know, in a lot of ways, if it's forever, you know, the Knives Out could potentially be like a pretty decent franchise. And because right. the, the whodunit, for some reason was lost in Hollywood for a very long time. Yeah. You know, but the problem is this is the fucking problem. You have to have really good writer directors behind it. It has to have a really good one two punch behind the screen. So like if you don't have that, it's just gonna be a shit movie and nobody's gonna have good word of mouth. Nobody's gonna be like, oh dude, I saw this movie. It was so ridiculously awesome. You know, one that's one of the other this- things that'll be interesting about Thanks this. On. Um is that we know that with these streaming rights, it also means Netflix gets first crack at making offers on movies that Sony may not want to push to theaters. Oh, okay. So, so I mean, like, like, like we we already talked about how how Warner Brothers was essentially going to cancel Army of the Dead and and not put it out. Netflix, you know, they they optioned it and Netflix purchased it. Yeah. When Sony goes to do that with some of their films, if if the, you know they're looking at dailies, they're looking at things, and and they're not they're not really ready or, or not really in in the want to put more money out for that movie to be made. Mm-hmm. They can either cut their losses on that movie at that time, and it no longer is in production, just cancel production, which no studio really wants to do because they've already invested in it. Um, if a movie if a movie's already in production that's already two years of pre-production and money lost so they usually option it off to streaming services or to to smaller distribution houses to finish it and then and then produce it that means netflix will most likely have first crack at anything that sony kind of balks on going to the theaters on as well which will then get to have that netflix original stamped onto it too Ooh. so next news story all right jay you're going to the theaters 
later on this week, you're going to see Minari. You're going to see my boy Steven Yuan, uh, who was you know the star uh, or a star in The Walking Dead and in a movie I just watched this weekend. I didn't have time to talk about it in our What Are You Watching? Because it's a movie I've watched before. But I watched him in Mayhem, where he plays an office worker. The entire office gets infected with a virus mm. that essentially lowers everybody's inhibitions. So if you feel like fucking, you're going to wind up fucking. If you <laughs> feel mad and you're mad at somebody, you're probably going to wind up killing them too. And everybody, uh, once the virus works its way through your system, uh, it eventually will leave your system. You will not be held responsible for any crimes that you commit. And just before the virus hits, Stephen Yuen gets fired by his boss. Ooh. Yeah, this is streaming on Shudder. Um, I absolutely love the movie. It also kind of got overshadowed when it came out because the another movie of the similar vein, The Belko Experiment, came out at the same time where the office building was, was basically going to be blown up if a certain number of people didn't kill a certain number of other people. That one was written by James Gunn. So uh, it, it had a little bit like higher of a clout. So Mayhem got overshadowed. But Mayhem with Steven Yuen and Samara Weaving, Right. is definitely the better of those two movies. Even though I do like Bucko Experiment, Mayhem's better. Check it out on Shudder. Yeah, I'm not hearing the best reviews, but I am going to the theaters soon to see Voyagers as well. And from what I hear, I think it has a somewhat similar kind of premise, you know, to, to some degree. So I'm interested. We'll see. You'll have to let me know how, how it is. But um, I really want to know because the whole reason for this story is Stephen Yuen, and you're going to the theaters. You're going to see Minari. In, yeah, in I'm very too. excited. So, this is a long time coming. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, saw I was it. waiting. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so. I was thinking about renting this for a long time, obviously, because it's been on VOD. And I just kind of decided to hold off until, you know, many, many reasons. And, and then finally it dropped in theaters. So I was like... I think if it's I'm a good. quiet I'm night, COVID it's free. Got my COVID shot. I'm good. It's not the it's not the type of movie you really need to see in the theater. Not at all. Not at all. I know. I know you are the type that needs. I am it, definitely a theater guy. So stay on target. Stay on target. To 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 the point of the story, which is now taking me three to four minutes to get to. Stephen Yuen uh, will star in Jordan Peele's next movie. So this is the movie that Jordan cool. Peele is creating after. Candyman. So after Candyman is released, this one's coming out. So a lot of buzz around Steven these days, man, with his Oscar nomination for Minari. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I don't think he'll win. First time nomination, young guy. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he won because I think he, his performance is amazing in Minari. But no. um, he's got a long career ahead of him. Uh, and I, I, I've been liking the films from Jordan Peele, even though we've only gotten the two so far. I think Candyman looks good. Uh, obviously, Get Out was fantastic, and I think Us catches a little bit more flack than it deserves because I think like the premise, people get too like caught up on this premise of it and stuff like that, and and uh, it's just it's just a fun story, uh, you know, in a, in a way with 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 a with a message at it. And I think like when you start thinking the logistics of like, well, these people were underground and all this stuff, you, you wind up getting bogged down in the minutia of the details and the plot. Um, and you forget that like, it's kind of truly terrifying, especially the, that, mm -hmm. that first half mm -hmm. in that house. It's just terrifying. So I did enjoy us and I do look forward to anything that Jordan Peele's doing, especially if he's getting uh, the acting caliber of someone like Steven Yuen. Sure. Absolutely. Next news story. Little bit of indie news uh, time for Jay. Little, little little indie corner in the news segment. Jay, uh, what 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 news stories do you got going on over there in indie film land? 
Very excited. So my my new A twenty four studio, Neon. Uh, they're a really interesting young little indie studio. They just won the rights to Ryan Gosling's film noir called The Actor. And what's really perked my um, eyebrow up here was seeing that Charlie Kaufman has joined as executive producer. You know, it's essentially the story outline is essentially a, like a very broad potentially epic maybe even um kind of scope where it's in the 50s or 60s i can't remember an actor gets you know plucked and found in i think the chicago area with loss of memory and he doesn't know i think the rest of his you know his previous life and he needs to find his way back to new york but also find his himself you know along the way and then i think it just explores a lot of different kind of themes along the way so the time period is really interesting to me and then also you know the fact that charlie kaufman i was just saying for for the uninitiated like myself yeah for the uninitiated like myself why should we give a flying fuck about charlie kaufman who is he oh so he's um well he's the one the creative minds behind uh uh uh, eternal sunshine and spotless mind um the most uh recent oh gosh what was that one called on um netflix that was a very bizarre film i'm thinking of ending things and that one had uh jesse plemons and jesse buckley as the main stars with tony collette and and he wrote and directed this one and it had a very divisive uh reaction you know it's extremely experimental and it's very bonkers and there's a lot to it now you know he hasn't done many uh, directing roles, but he has done a lot of interesting writing and producing projects. So, obviously- yeah, I think I think his two most famous films came in the early two thousands. Uh, well, one in nineteen ninety nine with with being John Malkovich, being and John Malkovich, yeah. of course. So, I think this could be a bit of a uh, return to form of Gosling doing a small indie quirky film, and I think it's a nice surprise for me. I'm really happy about that because you know. He's been doing a lot of studio projects recently, and and obviously, you know, they've all been good and, you know, and varied and different, but I like to see him kind of go back to his roots and, and get back to uh, a little bit of a, a, an interesting, quirky indie film. So Man, I'm excited the things, about the that. things that geek you are so oh, different than so the different. things that geek me. Polar opposite. That's why, we're, <laughs> that's why we're doing this show five years later. All right. Next news story. Also, uh, another guilty pleasure for me is Kate Blanchett, <laughs> and uh, she or is Kate Blanchett st- as I as I call her. <laughs> she is set to star in Todd Field's drama Tar. Now, this is what's interesting. Uh, not many people know Todd Field because he's only done one film, but he did Little Children, which was a I've seen this movie because movie. it was one of my movie homeworks. <laughs> yes, and this is a movie that I've always really really enjoyed and this i is a thought fucking depressing movie man it's a very interesting depressing story movie whatever you want to call it. but it's it's played out very much like a novel you know and a lot of voiceover work from cape winslet and her and patrick wilson are fantastic in this movie and i really really enjoyed the themes and it was very interesting um very dark but very unique you know but every time you say little children of- i keep thinking of of Helen Lovejoy. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? So another little fun fact about Todd Phil, uh, Todd Fields is he is the piano man in Eyes Wide Shut. 
he's ha- he has more acting credits than he does you know obviously he's only done one f- film but yeah you know he he's he's not really a big actor you know either he's just kind of you know a guy but for me the only thing that i know him him in is the friend of tom cruise's character in eyes wide shut who's the piano man who you know gets him into the crazy party so um, all right see so if you want to put a face to a name there you go and you know never did but there you know, is good to know next time is, i watch eyes wide shut in the next decade i'll try to remember that the pianist is todd phillips god damn right or todd fields sorry todd phillips that's something completely different and yet unfortunately there's no other story or um um uh, details about this project so either way i'm excited yeah you just got to get geeked over names alone here so indeed next news story all right, Jay, this is our final news story, uh, but it involves one of the most interesting projects that's running right now. It's the old Indiana Jones franchise, you know, the one that Disney uh, is producing where they were like, Steve, come back. And Steve was like, yeah, I'm in. And then Steve was like, pass. I'm not liking any of these scripts. And you know what? I, I really don't care either. I just I just don't care. And they were like, hey, man, what's that guy who directed uh, Logan doing? Yeah, so James Mangold, you're tagged in. And then we were all like, wait a minute. Like film fans are like, oh, well, James Mangold. Okay. Mm. All right. A little bit interesting now. And now the plot thickens even more because while we do know that we are getting the old aging uh, Harrison Ford, I still love him, but he's He's going to mumble all of his lines throughout the entire movie. And he's just going to talk about uh, archaeology and how X doesn't mark the spot. And that's, and that's pretty much how Harrison Ford talks these days. Um, yep. But they are, are releasing some other casting news right now. So earlier on in the week, we learned that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was joining the cast along with Harrison Ford. Uh, she, you may remember from the television show Fleabag. Fleabag. Which everybody was in love with but she's quite a young actress and i don't see them i I don't see them pushing a romantic role between her and and harrison ford i'm wondering if if you look at her i think she's gonna be another scientist i that's possible she 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 could be almost like a if not a child another child of of indiana jones if not that if if rumors are true and they are completely ignoring the crystal skull which i i don't think they will i don't think they'll erase a spielberg film from from their history just like i don't think disney's gonna erase the sequel trilogy no matter how much we say we should ignore it um it still exists uh but (laughs) um i i could see her as almost like a mentee role to uh harrison ford who is who is the mentor but even more interesting the new scientist it, on the block perhaps yeah, something like that you know archaeology man not scientists the study of people from the past thank you goodness <laughs> uh but also more interesting we learned later on this week that mads mickelson has also been Ow! cast in the role is it like it's pretty clear. Right? Obviously a villain. He's obviously <laughs> the villain. <laughs> There's no way around it. He is 100% the villain. <laughs> I did I did just watch uh I watched another round this week. Um which I didn't talk about on what are you watching cuz you already watched it and stuff like that. So, um but I did watch it and it was very hard to see him as like a family man. Uh <laughs> and 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 to see him as just like an average joe it, uh, don't don't get me wrong i i bought into it like halfway through like, yeah like it took a little bit to get used to but uh, you, you get into it yeah i kept waiting for him to tie someone to a chair and, and rip the wicker bottom out and swing a knotted rope at someone's nuts it just <laughs> oh, didn't happen though. such a good scene <laughs> 
can't wait to tell everyone how you scratch my balls. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's clearly going to be the villain here. Uh, so I, I look forward to, I look forward to seeing, you know, how he, how he, uh, how he does here. It's interesting that like Matt Mickelson, man, he, while he's not getting like major starring roles with the big studios, he is getting these, he is getting these, these memorable parts. You know, he, Jin Urso's father, Galen Urso in Rogue One. So he already has some history with Disney under his belt. And now he's replacing well, Johnny Depp as, as a uh, Grindelwald right. in, in Fantastic Beast three. So like, I think, he's, he's I think everybody he's knows he's not a traditional leading man. He's for not, Hollywood he's films. He, if he's going to be a leading man, it's going to be an indie film. And if it's going to be a studio project, it's going to have to be some type of supporting kind of role. Oh, and I completely forgot. He was also the main villain in Doctor Strange. But that doesn't that doesn't feel like Mads Mikkelsen, you know? I, I, I don't like that He looked that cool, villain. though. He he looked fine, but it doesn't feel like Mads Mikkelsen. So, but uh, I I look forward to this. I'm I'm liking the casting. I you know we've already said we like the direction with uh with the director of James Mangold. We saw what he did with uh, Hugh Jackman and Logan, and we look forward to seeing what he does here with Indiana Jones Five. <laughs> So that's going to do it for our news this week, but we're not done. I've in previous episodes, I've teased that we have a Loki uh, trailer two breakdown because we are gleaming some more information about this series, which will be coming to Disney plus in June, presumably after the bad batch wraps up. So it looks like Falcon winter soldier will wrap. The bad batch will come right out on May the 4th. Uh, and then the bad batch will have its, its runs. And then in June, we will be getting Loki. So they're getting to, showing us a little bit more about the story and what's going to be going on in that series. But that's not the only trailer that dropped this week. That's not the only little tidbit that dropped because Universal doesn't want you to forget that Fast and Furious 9 is on the way and they just dropped another four-minute long trailer that practically shows you everything that's going to happen in the movie. And what's amazing is they still found footage that they didn't show us in the original trailer to make a completely second trailer with almost no old footage in it whatsoever. If you put these two trailers together, you're essentially seeing eight minutes of the movie and probably all the best bits. So we're (laughs) going to be talking about that trailer uh, in Trailer Park as well. And uh, a little personal favorite we got a teaser a scene from the upcoming sony pictures ghostbusters afterlife and i me and jay got a few things to talk about with this scene uh, that is paul rudd centric so without any further delay let's get into trailer park cut the beat and let the music play no trailer park shout out to dave and jay I don't serve, but it's a newer wave. We've been on since choice. God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. So let's first get started with the Fast 9 trailer, which just dropped. Get in. Who is he? He's my brother. What? Well, that was new. Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to think about the submarine. We're up against Dumps, brother. That's another level. See, you get what you're after. A weapon so dangerous it shouldn't exist for another half century. 
What would you do with it? Launch some global attack. Plans are in motion. This should be interesting. <laughs> My brother's about to hurt a lot of people. So how do y'all want to play this? Fast. We'll need cars. Fast cars. Please tell me that's not a Pontiac Fiero strapped to a rocket engine? Impressive. I know. No. It's good to be back. Now, it's not really giving us new information. We know that Charlize Theron is back as the main villain. We know that she is somehow in bed with John Cena, who is playing Dom Vin Diesel, Toretto's brother. And uh, we know that it's all about keeping family together. Uh, one of the interesting things is we're seeing a lot more of Jordana Brewster in this trailer, uh, which I find interesting because uh, and they're also watching an iPad at one point that shows Paul Walker playing with the kids. Uh, so it makes me wonder, like, are we finally going to acknowledge the death of Paul Walker and, and just kind of say that Brian has also passed at this point? Uh, I'm not sure, but it, it doesn't feel, it feels weird that like Jordana Brewster would be there for this, for this big, you know, uh, mission, this big, I think uh, they named the kid, Brian, um, diesel's kid, you know? Yes. Dumb. So I, I don't know. It's, it, they're definitely going to shine a light on it somehow. Yeah. But it, it's just weird where it's just like, where, where's where's Brian? Like, why isn't Brian here? And she's like, he's at home watching the kids. He's too old for this shit. I'm down now. <laughs> Mother of two, but I'm down. <laughs> My wife can't even find time to take a piss. But Jordana Brewster's going globetrotting with her brother flying cars out of fucking airplanes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, but the action just in, in it seems like they just can't stop topping themselves. Like, I swear the the writer's room for these movies must be like, well, what did we do last time? We dropped magnets, cars out of a plane. baby. It's all about yeah, magnets like, this time around. Like, wh- wh- what are we going to do? Well, we need to we need to go to space. And they're like, no, no, not space. Everyone's expecting space. We're going to go to the upper stratosphere and we're going we're, we're going to show Tyrese and uh, we're going to Ludacris. show Ludacris in a car that is being dropped off of a plane in the upper stratosphere just shy of space. <laughs> yeah. So next time, next time we can top that and we can go to space. <laughs> It's like every writer must be trying to one-up each other. And they're like, you remember when we dragged a safe down the street? Yeah. And like, imagine doing that again, but with magnets. <laughs> What's the most powerful natural force on, on, on planet Earth, Jay? Magnets. But you know, but like, so they're all over the place. But seeing like cars rip out and away and like through it's cool. buildings. It's cool. It's, it's pretty cool wild. I mean, yeah, it if is. you watch it on Dolby or IMAX, it's going to be bonkers. I mean, you're, I'm sure, I mean, depending on how they, they shoot it, I mean, it could be pretty fucking visceral and cool. But. 100%. 100%. And that's that's what I'm taking away from this. I saw that, uh, I, I saw this trailer, and I saw them driving through the streets, and I saw all this destruction. Now, do you think and, it's more realistic than the submarine? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard to top the submarine because the submarine comes out of the ice as they're all driving to it then they all get out and they're fist fighting and I'm I'm I might be wrong but I don't think I am I'm pretty sure a torpedo is fired from said from said submarine and the rock just stomps the ice and redirects it That thing does not obey the laws of physics at all Look kid there's a lot going on here that you don't understand <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a thing that happens 
So, look, this entire franchise mm. just does not obey the laws of physics at all. It's like Captain America's shield. It's bouncing all over the place. You don't know where it's going to go because it doesn't need to follow any rules, period. It really doesn't. And it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm, I'm already I already unstrapped my my safety belt and I'm just driving head on into this brick wall right along with this entire film franchise. I, I just don't care. I don't have to care about the story. I don't have to think I it they've gotten me to the point where I, I don't question when Dom goes flying through the air at sixty five miles an hour and catches and catches Letty and they land on a windshield of a car and they're both just fine. I don't question the fact that that would have taken two bodies, turned them into liquid, made them one, and just splattered them all over the highway. Even though that's what would have happened. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't care anymore. I don't. I just go with you, it. Yeah, you have to. You have to. They had and it's, a and it's the same. It's no different than you know Jason Statham and The Rock doing their own franchise. You know Hobbs, yeah, exactly. Hobbs and Shaw is the exact same type of thing. You need to just shut your brain off and go with the flow. And if as now, long as you're things- having fun. That's the only thing you can really grade it on, because the, the 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 reality of things, you know, I you know, you and I like we just have to check that particular brain of ours away and just kind of go with the flow, just go with yeah. the flow. It, it reminds me of that Queens of the Stone Age song. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, one of the things I noticed in this trailer, uh, like Dom is fighting. In a way, like Vin Diesel is fighting in a way that The Rock previously had done in the past films. Now we don't have The Rock, so Dom is the one like jumping off of like a balcony and taking on ten guys. He's the one throwing a punch and busting his fist through a wall. Uh, you know, it's it feels like to me because he's so involved in the production of these movies. It seems like to me Vin Diesel was looking back at the things The Rock was being allowed to do in this franchise and just being like, "I should be the one to do all that." Yeah. Because The Rock had cooler shit going on, right? So it's like, and Vin Diesel it's almost started, like, you know, he was working on his beer belly. It's almost like that's that's where the jealousy between them started. Was it's like The Rock's getting all the best spots in the movie. He's the one that that like is getting the cheers when he, you know, broke his arm and then three days later just flexes and rips the <laughs> rips the cast off like it's nothing, like Vin. Vin Diesel wants to stomp on the ice and redirect the fucking torpedo, right? He doesn't want to be the guy that just drives. He wants to be the guy that fights. So it, it seems like that there, there is some of that going on, which I feel like feels disingenuous. Like it, if he hasn't been like that in the previous films, well, why shoehorn it here now? But even though we're not getting Hobbs and Shaw in this movie because they're now off on their own franchise, presumably because of the beef between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, that didn't stop Helen Mirren from making her appearance as Shaw's mother, uh, who is driving the car while Dom is riding shotgun. And she she asked him to pull the (laughs) e-brake, which I thought was well, it is Helen Mirren. So it's Helen Mirren. She can do no wrong. You can't. Yeah, you can't hate on her. Come on. So uh, one of the things that I was reading, not really in this trailer, but one of the things that I was reading was that uh, it was very important to Universal, to the producers and to the writers to make the women uh, be the forefront in this movie. So uh, the trailer is not really showing that. However, it is showing Michelle Rodriguez 
doing a lot more fight scenes, doing a lot more stunts, doing a lot more action than we've previously seen in other installments of this franchise. So um, I actually look forward to that. I think I think she's badass. You know, I, I, I love her in an action flick. I think she was born to be in action movies and she, she does it well and she's been doing it well her entire career. So sure. I'd like to see them stepping it up here as well with her. And then finally, Jay, uh, the reveal of Han being alive. We knew that he was alive from the previous trailer, but this time it seems we get to the glimpse of when they find out that he is alive. It looks like they're being attacked yeah, somewhere. And a quick little skid out, you know, in the car driving. So you'll have a, probably a really cool driving sequence with him. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll I be fun. really hope there is zero explanation about how he how he's alive. I hope he I hope he he fires that sniper rifle, stops the people who were trying to kill Dom's family and that that they're they're dead and they all see that Han's alive. Han then meets them back at the base later on and they're like, "So how did you?" and he's like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> We all just move on with it. I hope we don't get like a long drawn out thing about how he survived. They don't have time for that shit. Come on. I think I really do think they're going to find a way to redeem Shaw. I think they're they're going to show that Shaw didn't actually kill Han. So that way we don't we don't hate we don't continue to hate him because the essentially this franchise is asking us to boo him as the villain and then show him killing a fan favorite character and then bringing him back in the next movie and being like nah just kidding you guys love him right and we're like well no why is he breaking bread with dom he fucking killed han man you don't just kill a guy that's part of the family and then get invited into the family that just doesn't happen. So I think they're going to try to find a way to redeem Shaw in that moment so that when we do Hobbs and Shaw 2, that that stain is erased from his character. And you can go on. And it's okay to like him now. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Look, man, uh, I'm, I'm geeked on Fast 9. Uh, it's not like one of those things where it's like my most anticipated anything. It, it I don't care whether I see it in the theaters. I don't care whether I watch it when it goes to FX movies. I'm excited to see this movie. I probably will see it in theaters, though, because I feel like oh, it you have to, to be seen in theaters. In theaters, but you know, it it's not anything. I'm just like chomping at the bit to get. But I don't groan too hard when another Fast and Furious comes out because I'm just like, all right, shut up, brain, or I'm going to stab you with a Q-tip. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jay, let's get into our next trailer. Chimoka. Strawberry, red velvet, blue velvet. trailer actually kind of like a clip a scene uh which i'm actually happy about right like because we're, we're going from talking about fast nine which as we said has shown eight minutes of the best bits of the movie in it uh to now 
Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we haven't really seen a whole lot for. Me and you did do a trailer park breakdown for for Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer mm. some time ago. I mean, it's God, it's got to be sometime in this movie was supposed to come out in 2020, so sometime in 2019 was when we did our trailer park breakdown for that. And Sony has not released a new one. Nothing. It's just been that, and I have watched that trailer several times because I love the score in it. I like I, I like the tone of it. I like the pacing of it, and I, I love the way that they fit in the old the old score from Ghostbusters with like the piano, like that, just just, just like that. That, that little tap of the of the piano that we get throughout the, uh, the the Ghostbusters movies, and now we're getting kind of like the same thing here because if you listen to the score that's going on in this scene, where Paul Rudd is in Paul Rudd's character is in the supermarket, and he starts hearing some people screaming and running away, and he's kind of walking towards whatever this disturbance is, and as he's doing it, we can hear the score from the original Ghostbusters that was playing as they were stalking the librarian in the original movie from from one of the original from one of the opening scenes, okay, essentially, and he's walking down the aisle and he sees nothing. There's nothing to be afraid of here. And <laughs> a plastic wrapper on, on Stay Puff Marshmallows begins moving. And out pops the most adorable little mini, little chibi, almost like a Funko Pop of Stay Puff the Marshmallow Man. <laughs> He's tiny. He's adorable. Such adorable. And then he goes to poke him like the Pillsbury Doughboy and gets his finger bit for his trouble. <laughs> and then we see that... All of the marshmallows have essentially become sentient, have become mini little marshmallow men, and they are doing absolutely horrible things to each other. Like, they are burning each other. They are turning another one into s'mores, and they're all giggling and laughing with this little sinister giggle, and it reminded me a lot of Gremlins. Like that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of of the of the mischievous little magwise that uh, all pop out of Gizmo um, just before they turn into awful gremlins. Like that's what it reminded me of. It's adorable. They're they're fucking adorable. It's cute, and they are performing horrible heinous acts on one another. <laughs> Um, I, it adds it adds to the charm to it, but I am seeing some mixed things online about this scene. So a lot of people are saying like, you know, it's it's too cutesy, right? It's it's too cutesy. No one no one wants this. This isn't this isn't what we want. And it, it seems like Sony's just trying to jump on that, you know, cute versions of things from the past. You know, like we we all know how much everyone loved Baby Groot when when Baby Groot uh, sure. first appeared. Then Baby Groot got kicked to the side when when he got a little sap in his acorns, and uh, it was all about Baby Yoda, about Baby Grogu. And uh, then now it seems like Sony's jumping on that bandwagon, and they're just kind of like, yeah, baby baby marshmallow men. Like in, in that writing room, I'm sure they all sat there and they were like, what do you want to do? Like baby slimers? And they're like, no, nah, no, baby slimers doesn't work. Uh, you know what? What? what I mean, what, what should we do? Like baby slime balls? And they're like, dude, listen to yourself. Baby slime balls? You might as well call them baby cum balls. And they're like, what about a baby marshmallow man? And everyone's like, bingo. That's going <laughs> to sell some fucking toys. That's going to sell some toys. And that's and that's exactly what I think they want from this scene. They, they want, they've already got the adults watching this. 
They already know that they have a fan base for Ghostbusters that's interested in watching this. Now they need to sell the movie to them and their kids, and they need to sell the merchandise to their kids as well. And this is a perfect way to do it because I can see little plushies of Mini Marshmallow Man. I could see little toys. I could see stupid family bumper stickers on the back of people's minivans where it's a Daddy Marshmallow Man, a Mommy Marshmallow I'll Man, and a little Baby Marshmallow Man. I know. So I agree. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that this was not anything that was originally in the movie. You know, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Sony added this on the back end to just kind of make a make it more marketable to a larger audience. And I don't think you can blame a studio for doing that, especially given the the, the year or two that they have had post pandemic. Um, it, it doesn't tarnish it for me at all, though. Um, I think it's adorable. I think it's fun. I, I, I do think it's a little bit more slapstick than what we've gotten from previous Ghostbusters. But your franchise doesn't have to stay the same. It's all yeah, about keeping but, the franchise alive. But little alive. blips of that, you know, you've seen that in previous movies. So, like, you know, it can work. You know, it's just right. a little like blips said, of fun, you know? I think the tone still works for Ghostbusters because, sure. like I said... I, I think a beautiful peanut butter and jelly sandwich is having Gremlins and Ghostbusters watched on the same day. I've always talked about how that was that was my Saturdays at times where I would watch Ghostbusters followed by Gremlins. So I think having a little a little moment in Ghostbusters that's like Gremlins, it still works. It's still in the same vein. So uh, I, I'm still really looking forward to this movie. And yes, it is still my most anticipated film of 2021. It was also my most anticipated film of 2022 uh, of 2020. So. So, you know, I think the proton pack that hangs up in our studio pretty much (laughs) says enough said. Yeah. Says why. All right, Jay. Final trailer for us to break down. We've got the Loki series trailer. Loki trailer two. Let's get into it. I know what this place is. Timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. We protect the proper flow of time. You picked up the Tesseract breaking reality. I want you to help us fix it. Why me? I need your unique Loki perspective. Really believe in this Loki variant? Luckily, he believes in himself enough for the both of us. Why? It is adorable that you think you could possibly manipulate me. I'm 10 steps ahead of you. You're not big on trust, are you? You can trust me. Hoagie, I've studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. Why never do it again?
All right, so that was some brief clips from the Loki trailer two. So this is picking up moments after he uh, blips out of existence with the Tesseract that he stole uh, when the Avengers went back to 2012 in Endgame. So this version of Loki did not have a redemptive arc, right? He did not betray his brother uh, and then come to regret it, right? He did not witness the death of his father alongside of his brother. So that whole redemptive arc that he had throughout Ragnarok that 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 culminated in Infinity War hasn't happened for this version of Loki. And what we learn in this trailer is that by him stealing the Tesseract, he has essentially created branches of reality. And we talked about previously uh in endgame how they kind of explain that like time travel it's not linear you can't go to the past and then travel back to the future because your future was then your past so you are essentially creating alternate timelines but then we get the uh the the ancient one from dr strange explaining how as long as they bring the stones back to the exact moment they were taking they are essentially creating a loop in time that is being closed uh, and uh, they will be the only ones who are experiencing these these branches with the exception of Steve Rogers who does apparently change the past by going back in time <laughs> yeah. and doing the nasty and the pasty <laughs> uh-huh. and marrying Peggy Carter uh, and living out his life. I don't care how many realities Steve broke to do that. He fucking deserved that ending. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and how it they is. play with it. But now um, they're showing that by stealing the Tesseract, we actually see the flow of time literally represented on this giant uh, Art Deco style television that sits in time, uh, the Time Variance Authority. And we see the splits that are happening as a result of Loki stealing the Tesseract. So as his penance for taking the Tesseract and breaking time, they are essentially going to make him correct time itself and that's what this series will be following loki on multiple missions as he travels through time and travels through alternate realities fixing what he's broken and it's very clear that he is going to come across other versions of himself uh, because we know that the tesseract wasn't just uh, an infinity gem it was the reality gem so the, the, the temporal variance authority or time variance authority are forcing him to fix it. But one of the cool things, I like seeing President Loki, right? We're seeing these alternate versions of him, which we don't know that they're alternate versions of him. We just know that that in these alternate timelines, Loki either becomes a president or uh, in one of them, towards the end of the trailer, we see that he's D.B. Cooper jumping out of the plane with the bag full of money. And he calls out to Heimdall, who sucks him up with the Bifrost and little dollar bills. Like all, all the money is still floating down. And I was like, so he's DP Cooper, right? That's that's what they're getting at there. Mm-hmm. Which I think which I, I think is a nice is a nice nod. It's 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 a nice little nod. But the Tesseract was the reality gem. So he's essentially not just broken time itself, he's broken reality itself. And it's up to him to fix it. But we know that this version of Loki, this variant, as we've seen, so so plastered across his back like a tramp stamp. It says variant real big because this version of Loki shouldn't exist. Right. He should not be here. He was always meant to get the life choked out of him by Thanos and have that redemptive arc to give Thor the strength, well, the depression, which led to his strength. (laughs) 
<laughs> to, to continue on. Um, but this version of him is is what we're stuck with now. And I think I, I think I like my Loki with, with I think I like my Loki a little spicy. You know, I agree. I wasn't liking my vanilla Loki. I, agree. I liked him with a little bit of heat. I agree. So what do you think of Owen Wilson? Love him. Absolutely love him. Sh- I love shockingly love him. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so happy to hear you say that because I, I wasn't. Sh- I, I had a weird feeling that people would be more on the fence, but I think it. You know, not. I'm really happy that he changed his look up, and I think it works really, really well. But I think his personality fits. You know, this story and Loki so well. Not and, to get and, too and dark, the banter but back and forth. Owen is Wilson so great. has really stepped up his has really stepped up his presence uh, and 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 his acting since his suicide attempt. I th- I I'd like to think he has like a new lease on life. And You're not wrong. I mean, he, he, you know, he could have gotten out of uh, particular drugs, perhaps, or maybe dark, on better he, it drugs. It doesn't matter what Who it knows? was. He's, but either it way, seems like he's out of a dark place and he's doing better now. And, true, that's true. Uh, but I do love all of his interactions with Loki here, where, he, where he's telling him, "Dude, you've literally stabbed everybody in the back who's ever trusted you at least fifty times." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I do love. I, I I love the the little bits of humor in there coming from Owen Wilson and his interactions mm. with uh with Loki. It's I also love that moment where he goes down. It's like, please sign this. Uh, that this yeah. is everything you please sign off that this is everything you've ever said that's absurd and he prints out another one rips it off and puts it right on top i thought that was funny i i, I get a it is really good i got a kick out of that too because it made me wonder like holy shit what if there's like a realm that is doing the exact same thing to me well there is a record of everything you've ever said it's called this show every stupid thing you've ever said is right here on the show and people can go back and listen to it so essentially you are already living that reality jay oh <laughs> Uh, I also I also noticed that uh, in in one of the realities that Loki travels to, did you notice that it was a destroyed New York? Oh yeah, and Avengers Tower was collapsed oh, yeah. in the background. And I was like, I wonder if this is the version of 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 time, or this is the version of reality where the Avengers did not stop. Of course, the oh, of, co- of, of, of course, of course. You you know that's so, going to happen. You know that's yeah. going to be on there. And there's um, also a mysterious hooded figure that is seen around uh, in the trailer as well. This dark figure, which I think they're setting up to be kind of like the main antagonist of it, uh, but they're not really showing us well who who it is. And a lot of rumors are well. There's two rumors. One of the rumors is that it's Natasha Romanoff. Uh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will have we will have we, we won't have Black Widow by the time this series That's comes out. Interesting, but Black Widow may come out by the time this series is ending. So uh, a lot of people are saying it could be Natasha Romanoff because there's a scene that is bathed oddly in purple, just like Voromir, uh, and there is a redheaded woman with short hair sitting with Loki on rocks through a sh- in a shallow pool of water. So much it seems a lot like Voromir. So a lot of people are saying that this hooded figure may also be traveling through time as a variant, and it is Natasha Romanoff. Other people are saying. That the hooded figure that we're seeing, which apparently people are 100% positive that it's female, is another Loki variant. The female Loki who we've all seen in the comic books. And we know that we may be potentially getting a female Thor in Thor Love and Thunder as well. It, it makes sense that in the Loki series, we would we would kind of juxtapose that with the female Loki as well. So there's two camps on that one. 
Some of the other interesting things that, that are kind of popping up in here without being said are that we see Judge Renslayer in this. Uh, she is the she is the woman who is kind of wearing that red sash in the one scene. It's kind of like in this big courtroom, and she's kind of addressing Loki. Um, she is best known as kind of like the love interest or, or like a guiding force for Kang the Conqueror, who is a time traveler who travels back in time uh, and tries to change reality to make him more powerful in the future and it also runs him afoul of the avengers and we already know that we're getting kang the conqueror in some aspect in uh the ant-man and the wasp uh ant-man 3 so it'll be interesting so there's with all this mind bending reality i'm sorry with all this reality bending time bending it does seem like they kind of are leading to kang and we know that the last arc of of marvel the last phase of marvel pretty much was all all leading to time travel it makes sense that that would be what echoes into their future is that maybe by traveling back in time they changed one thing too many maybe by steve doing the nasty and the pasty kang the conqueror was born out of that and somehow they have to undo it a few other things that were kind of cool was we see that there is a scroll hanging out in the tva headquarters as well which i thought was kind of cool as one Uh, does yeah it's certainly going to be a, a a a figure that's going to be branched out into this whole new phase. Right, right. Like we we are getting we are getting scrolls. We know. I mean, we already have scrolls. We know that there's sure. a scroll invasion coming because we've already gotten secret invasion teased, which is going to be a Nick Fury series that's coming to Disney Plus. So there, it seems like they're sowing multiple seeds going forward, uh, just like they did with WandaVision, and just like they're obviously doing with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, I, it, they're making sure that MCU fans cannot skip out on these Disney Plus series. And uh, what do you think of the six episodes? I like it. I, I I think you can I think you can very easily tell the story in that amount of time. You're essentially I, I don't know how long the episodes will be. I don't know if they'll be half hour like Wandavision was. I don't think or, you can. Yeah. yeah, or or if they're going to be more like the 45 minutes a 50 minute uh, mark that yeah. the Falcon Winter Soldier has it, been. It, doing. It'll certainly be more like that. Yeah. Um it has to be. I think I think the only reason WandaVision was a half hour is because that's how long network sitcoms were and this and that was that was a play on on sitcoms throughout the ages like that that was part supposed to be part of its charm essentially was yeah. having these half Yeah, it was long it's episodes. a completely different kind of show. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think that's going to be the norm for MCU television shows. I think the six episodes, uh, you know, s- somewhere in that forty-five minute to fifty-minute mark is is what they're going to be shooting for, which essentially winds up getting you uh, an, a seven to eight-hour movie. You know, uh, and and I, I think that's plenty of time to tell a Marvel story. Obviously, because we've been getting them told to us in two two and a half hour blocks this whole time so i agree i agree no i definitely do i i I think it's one of those things where each episode is going to have a lot to chew on like we're going to definitely there this might be the series that we actually do a weekly episode by episode review i think it's going to have the most potentially potentially because because of the of the reality altering and stuff like that but one of the cool things is like we also know like this summer we're getting the marvel what if series which is all like this what if this happened what if that happened Mm. i'm I'm starting to think like maybe what if is able to exist only because loki stole the tesseract and i'm wondering if they're going to tie this whole reality uh it it would make sense into what if sure 
So but I also think it, it's it's a good graduation to prep people's brains and viewing of sure, something sure. like this for before what if because what right. if is like such a bonkers thing you know it's like a band-aid like you can't you know you just can't rip it off right you gotta, we're like, gonna be like, getting marvel yeah. zombies we're gonna be giving captain america as an right. early version of iron right. man in the 40s so we're getting uh the Peggy bonkers yeah the Britain. bonkers aspects of loki will help viewers really try to like you know accept some kind of loke like Loki fucking shit going on, you know. I got I got to say man, like with with Disney, with MCU on Disney Plus, you know, we previously talked about WandaVision was the one we were most excited for. We both enjoyed WandaVision, wasn't crazy about the ending, but really enjoyed WandaVision. Uh and then Falcon Winter Soldier started and I was like, "No, this is my MCU. This is what reminds me of of Captain America went and, and yeah, Captain America Winter Soldier. There's so, just so much more to it. There's so much more yeah. meat. A lot more emotion, a lot more character, like, you know, it's just a story, you know, there's so much more to it. Yeah, it's almost like you can't compare Loki to that because they're two completely different <clears throat> types yeah. of stories within the same universe. All so. three, to be honest, like, it's almost yeah. like you can't really compare WandaVision and the others. Like, you know, I was I was talking to a friend who's, you know, a casual enjoyer of all these movies and and, and, and he tried to get into WandaVision. He's like, what what is going on here? Like, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, what the fuck is this? I mean, it's look, like I'm sorry. I mean, you need you need you know, twelve years of history and, and yeah, you know, like, 20, like if you're not a fan, you're probably you might not enjoy it. Yeah. Like at the very least, you you might just kind of respect what they were trying to do and like have some good times with it. Yeah, if you haven't seen the majority of the MCU movies, yeah, then then WandaVision's it, it, there's really with all these series really like because if you try to pick up Falcon and Winter Soldier without having seen any of the Captain America movies or well, of anything, course, of course, you're you're, yeah. you're going to be lost. And it's it still goes into like the brilliance of what they've done with the Marvel universe, and they've just evolved it now. And I I, I think it, it's you know, with them on TV, it's just the next logical step to to make these series. And I don't be surprised if those people who didn't see the TV series are confused when some of these movies start coming out. When they're like, "Wait, when did that happen?" And it's like, "Oh, yeah. Well, if you didn't watch the six episodes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, hmm. you're lost. Sorry, bro. You don't. You're you're not in. You're right. Not in on it. Right. 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 Like everyone else is. So yeah, you know, they've done a great marketing job of. Of, of doing that where it's like this is must watch and it's not like they're strapping me to a chair like this is a clockwork orange and they're peeling my fucking eyelids open and making me watch i want to watch i'm excited i'm down I'm, I'm i'm happily taking my poison yeah i completely agree man so uh final thing on loki is i still love the logo i love the way the logo changes through all the different fonts and stuff like that just showing the different versions mm. and different variants of loki that could potentially exist so uh i'm yeah i'm i'm dead excited i cannot wait until the series premiere and uh, you know we'll, just like we're doing with falcon winter soldier we will have some breakdowns for the loki series but that's gonna do it for our episode this week I want to thank all of you guys for listening. If we talked about anything on the show this uh, this time around, uh, if we talked about anything in the trailers or didn't talk about anything in the trailers that you think we should have mentioned, reach out to us on our social medias. You can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I am on Twitter, J underscore SMB, on Instagram, Super Movie Bros and Facebook Super Movie Bros Podcast. And I am also on Instagram. You can catch me at SMB 
Dave on there. We also have a Patreon, so you can catch all of our pre-roll stuff uh, by heading over to patreon.com slash podcast. There you can get all the additional content, including exclusive top fives, some movie homeworks that are assigned to us by our patrons, as well as the pre-rolls that we do for each and every show. All that content can be yours for just $1 a month. And, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network. So head over to ageofradio.org. There you can check out Super Movie Bros and all the other shows that are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network. If you go to our page, you'll get a handy little media player right there where you can just start listening. You can binge Super Movie Bros. You're going on a long drive, just go to the website, binge that Super Movie Bros. Subscribe to us on the podcast listening app of your choice. And if you can leave a review, do it. We want to read it on the show. We want to hear how much you like the show. Do it. We'll also read bad ones too, but fair <laughs> warned, it, it makes Jay cry. It does. A lot. It does. And he has I'm to an emotional man. His masturbation with his tears, and then he puts it up on our OnlyFans. Exactly. That's <laughs> Dave punished me to do that. Yes. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.